0: Hi everyone, welcome to the Bully Food Challenge. Today, on episode 28, we are going to look at one of my favorite questions to ask myself before I face something stressful. And that is, what would this situation be like if it was easy? Or what would this problem be like if it's easy? Um, The name of the episode is What If It Was Easy? And I want to give a big warm welcome to all of you who have been coming out to hear the podcast. I know it is helping you because I see you come back week after week, which means a lot to me. I'm Kelly Sorg, your host. I'm also a middle school teacher, and I've been working on this podcast project about bullying to help anyone who is facing the problem of a bully understand the pattern of bullying and how to reverse it. The Bully Food Challenge is all about taking away the bully food from the bully by not feeding into their negative patterns. Um, and that's the part you have to play. It's the only part you have complete control over, and I want you to um, be able to optimize it and and put this uh, bullying situation in the rearview mirror for yourself. Um, I'm not a provider or a uh, personal teacher to any of you, as far as I know. Um, so I can't give you individualized instruction or care. But I, like I said, very much want to help you with the pattern in general of bullying and different uh, strategies you can use to uh, work, work your way out of the situation um, as easily and quickly as possible. I do think it would be a great idea for you to include your parent or uh, adult you trust Uh, to listen along with you and help you apply the lessons to your own life so that you can um, get that personalized attention. All right. So with that said, I'm going to get into that favorite question I have to deal with stressful situations, difficult tasks, anything that's overwhelming, Um, to take a second, sit back and say to yourself, what would this be like if it was easy? Questions like this are designed to make you stop listening to the voice in your head and instead focus your uh, attention on your inner knowing, or you could even think of it as your gut feeling instead. The voice inside your head is running the dialogue that you hear as a, it might be your own voice or it might be a familiar voice. It might be a distinct voice. That's just the one that's inside your head. It's, it, it's the, it's that voice that talks in your head. Some people see a stream of images and some people see both, but you're hearing and seeing um, different thought patterns inside your head. And um, I have a lot to say about that. I think I'll talk about that on the next episode. But for now, I want you to think of the voice inside your head or the stream of pictures, however it goes for you, as a problem-solving system that your mind puts up to solve problems um, and that you can actually easily mistake for being yourself. And I'm going to talk a lot more about uh, what that voice is and and how to separate it from your who you are. Um, but for now, I just want you to think of it as it's a problem-solving mechanism and it is easily tricked. It can easily trick you into thinking it's it's actually you. Um, on the other hand, your inner knowing is a conscious sense of what you know deep down to be right or good or true for you. It's a combination of the things you know, the things you remember, uh, experiences you've had, and any other sense that you're picking up on. Combined into what feels like the best answer for you, or what feels like the best uh, course of action for you. Many experts in the world of helping others—that um, that might be people who do personal work to help others, or it could be, you know, authors or people who research various topics. It could be around self-help. Uh, many of these people, these experts, encourage folks to ask themselves questions that will move focus away from the voice inside their head in into their inner knowing um and you can phrase these questions any way you like to help fit the situation and also to have it make the most be the most meaningful sounding to you so some examples could be <clears throat> The first one is the title, What If It Was Easy? What If The Situation Was Easy? Then I phrased it a little differently for my favorite question, which is, What Would This Be Like If It Was Easy? You could ask, How Would This Be Different If It Was Simple? Or, What Would I Do If This Was Easy For Me? Or, If I Was If I already Knew How To Handle It? What Would This Problem Look Like? And, How Would It Look Differently If I had to use the easiest solution. If I was only allowed to use the easiest solution, uh, another way to put it is if I woke up tomorrow and this problem was already solved, what would I have done to have worked it out? Um, another way to think is if this was my friend's problem, what advice would I give them? This works because it's removing it, the problem from having, um, impact on you personally or having or be of happening to you so that you can kind of separate and get more into, um, a calm way of thinking about it, which would be your inner knowing versus the voice inside your head is a problem solver. So it's going to, it's going to be more anxious because it, it perceives things as problems. So it's just by removing the problem for your own, from your own personal experience or seeing it as less of a problem, you're going to activate your inner knowing because that's coming from a more calm place. And if you've listened to many of the episodes, you know that calmness is a theme in handling bullies. Um, Another thing you could ask is what's the most obvious thing to do? Or what's the opposite of what my overthinking voice inside my head says to do? Okay, so you could just go with the direct opposite. The idea is to get to the bare minimum that needs to be done in order for you to move on, which is in keeping with bully food principles like keep it simple or use the lowest effort, uh, be boring or be kind, which is also another way of saying be kind is to be direct. Um, And I say this just to keep you, you keeping those principles in mind as you practice finding simple, low effort, boring and direct solutions to difficult problems that you face. Um, you want to take those overwhelming, difficult, stressful problems and, uh, remove any extra sense of, of difficulty in order to calm down and be able to see, uh, obvious or direct solution. Okay. So I have, um, a few examples to go through um and then some ideas for getting started in this practice. Uh I'm going to admit that tonight is actually when I'm recording the episode. Um I'm recording on Monday night and I'm going to publish on Tuesday morning like usual. Uh normally I do the recording and the editing over the weekend when I have more time, but this weekend I didn't have very much time. Um so I had to delay doing the work until Monday night. Um, which is after work, after I worked all day, I'm tired. And at first, the idea of making this episode seemed stressful and overwhelming. Um, ironically, I knew I wanted to cover the topic of how to handle uh, overwhelming, stressful problems. And I knew that my answer was going to be to ask the question, what if it was easier? Or what if it was easy? So I, I ju- it just occurred to me, why don't I ask the question about having to record? A little later than I normally would, um, when I'm feeling less uh, energetic about it. So I asked myself, "What if recording tonight was easy? How would uh, that look, right?" And that that immediately, as soon as I refocused to my inner knowing, the answers started flowing in much more easily. I thought to myself, "Well, I'll use the last-minute recording as an example." So the first example I'm using is actually the fact that I am uh, I am solving the problem of recording late uh, with the solution I'm offering in the podcast for this episode. Um, and I thought, well, that'll make it easier. That will be one of the examples I'll use. And then I thought I'll mention the voice uh, inside your head versus inner knowing as a way to break all this down and also to talk about using them in future episodes. Um, So I'm excited to get started early on next week's episode because I already have an idea of what I want it to be. Uh, And then I thought, well, I can make some quick dinner and get started immediately. So uh, having some dinner made me feel better and ready to face the more stressful part of getting to work. And then I thought to myself, it's only going to take about 45 minutes, which sometimes setting a time limit that's reasonable makes it seem a little bit easier because you can see that it will start and it will stop. Um, Those are all ways to simplify the task, to uh, move from thinking about it with stress to thinking about it with calmness. But you know, here's some examples that have to do with uh, various problems you could face at school. Uh, let's say some kid at school has been teased recently and gotten a cold shoulder from others uh, in class and maybe, you know, during social or playtime, recreational time, uh, personal time. Um, and whenever this kind of shouldering out or teasing happens, this kid... Reacts and then they get teased some more for the reaction, and then the pattern just keeps going on and on and on. And it's been going on for weeks and weeks. What can this kid do? What if this was easier than the kid thinks? What would be a great, low effort, boring, simple, or direct way for them to handle it? And so, what we do is we think about that. We think, hmm, well, we know that the reactions are causing more teasing and more shouldering out. Like the worse the reactions get, the more the other kids are teasing. Now we know that it's not the kid's fault who's reacting. It's not like they're making it happen, but they aren't playing their part in removing that bully food and reactions are a big bully food because it is, um, stimulating to the person who's teasing that they're getting, they're getting a rise. They're changing that uh, victims' emotions and that makes the the kids who are doing bullying or doing teasing feel more powerful. So what can this kid do? They could stop reacting. I know that it doesn't always sound easy to stop reacting, but we do know that stopping is a low effort thing to do. Uh, it's just a matter of being patient with yourself that stopping means uh, you really can't react. you have to you have to hold a, blank face instead of letting yourself get upset. So it's uh, self-discipline and control can feel difficult, but the actual uh, effort involved in stopping a reaction is pretty low. Uh, this kid could do the opposite of reacting for a few days and see if things improve. They could take some measurements to see if things improve. They could shrug off the rude comments that are designed to upset them as if the rude comments are actually just kind of boring. Um, which that's using the principle of boredom. Um, and they could also, you know, blink a few times and then smile in a bland, bored way. That's another way to handle the same, uh, behavior, the same situation coming from the other kids with a more, um, uh, what if this was easy approach? What if this was boring approach? Um, the kid could also set a lower bar for themselves and keep it there. They could be, they could actually be kind of kind about it and just like, you know, low reaction and also kind of like, eh, you know, you guys are just going to be like this and kind of, it's not very fun, but whatever, you know, kind of like just tell the other kids what they think of it, but not have a really, uh, major, uh, Feeling about it or reaction to it more, just like an honest, direct opinion of it and then move on immediately. Um, there's another example that comes to mind of someone who finds a a page. It could be like a piece of paper at school, or it could be a page on like a social media platform where kids from school are making fun of classmates, fashion choices, or making fun of classmates, music choices or you know, just things that they know about each other. I've seen this happen multiple times, various different ways that it's taken form um, over the years. and it's basically just a, a kids like to make uh, kids who are bullying or doing this kind of teasing like to make a list where they kind of make it distinct who they're talking about or try to get people to guess who they're talking about. It's pretty uh, obvious. A uh, way to list off a few things they've observed and use it against somebody possibly. Um, the other thing though, is that sometimes kids make lists, uh, just for fun. Like they're just thinking about each other and they just want to try to recall each other. And they're just having fun thinking about other kids at school and kind of comparing and contrasting. And the thing is, is that you might you might see something like this about yourself and have no idea which side of it it's on, really. It might seem obvious that there's one entry about this example kid um, and that the entry might not seem flattering. It might feel really upsetting to see a list of uh, descriptors that maybe that kid feels embarrassed about being described that way, or it just feels like they are being getting way too much attention and it's embarrassing or something like that. So what's the easiest way to handle this? If, if, you know, imagine if it was you or maybe you have gone through something like this, but imagine that kid seeing that page, whether it's, you know, a hard copy page in the classroom or online or wherever they see a list of descriptors or they see some pictures that, you know, maybe not pictures of them, but like images that are meant to describe them or whatever. Uh, drawings, something like that. What's the easiest way to handle this? Well, they could look to see if there's anything fun about the entries, because maybe, like I said, the kids who made it might've been kind of clumsy about it, but maybe they aren't being malicious. It might've seemed like they were making fun at first, but if you look closely, maybe it's not unflattering as, as unflattering as you thought. Maybe it's just the self-consciousness that makes it feel unflattering versus that they were actually trying to say something mean. Um, the kids who made it um, may not have been, been trying to cut anybody down. So the kid who sees it and feels like one of the pages is obviously or one of the lists is obviously about them, they could compare what is said or shown um, to the truth about their own clothing style or their own personality or their own personal taste of whatever is described in the format. Um, and they could decide is is this group of kids who are making this, are they just making a list of things about someone? Maybe it's me and it's actually kind of true. And I'm just maybe a little embarrassed to have this attention on me, or is it actually not true? And it's exaggerating something that isn't, it's, it's done in a way to, uh, make me feel bad or make somebody who it's about feel bad. Um, or to take their, take their power away or put them down and make other people feel stronger or whatever. So sometimes it's a matter of comparing it to the truth, even if it feels a little bit embarrassing to be, um, exposed or to be, uh, given all, all kinds of unwanted attention. It may not actually be, um, un, it may not be a cut that they're, they're not cutting you down necessarily. Um, You could, if it it was you or the person who the example's about, could also read several other entries to see um, if the entries are boring or how much attention they're getting. It is easier to be bored when the page isn't directed about you. So maybe reading some that are clearly about other people might help you to get a sense or might help that kid to get a sense if this is really that interesting of a page, or maybe there's only a few entries, or maybe this little paper in class didn't really get into that many hands and it got left behind and it's garbage now. So just get rid of it or give it to the teacher and tell the teacher that you want them to have it just to know that it happened. Um, but if it's not, if it doesn't look like it's getting a lot of traction, maybe it's not worth getting too upset about because it's maybe not as widely known as you first might have thought or if this kid who the example kid might have first thought. All of these actions I've mentioned in the examples are easier than getting upset or getting, um, letting the stress and overwhelm get the better of you. Getting upset will only draw more attention to the unwanted page of listed descriptors that maybe aren't so flattering. It will only draw more attention to the teasing and the cold shouldering. And it will actually, getting upset sometimes causes more teasing and cold shouldering because um, the people who are doing that, maybe they just did it for one day, but after they get the reactions and the the angry, upset, reactive kid uh, might make them mad and then they just keep doing it kind of like back and forth. And they might even claim they're doing it because the kid that was teased at first is being so mean about it. You know, you you see all sorts of things happen in these interactions. And even me back to me recording, uh, late before I have to get up early for another day of work. Um, if I had spent half hour, hour getting really upset about it, feeling, um, you know, worried that I wouldn't get the podcast out on time if I didn't sit down and do it, but also feeling like I'm, I'm really tired. And if I just spent all this energy, think about if I'd spent all the energy of all those feelings, I wouldn't have the amount of energy it would take to do a good job on the episode. And I, and I do have that energy, but I I don't have enough to do both. So, and you don't have enough energy to be, uh, spending time, feeling terrible when you also have to deal with a bully and, you know, just be as direct, but boring, low effort as you can. That way you can, you can do, as I said before, whatever's required to move past it so that you can move on. Okay. Um, the best way to start practicing, uh, answering these questions, these hypothetical questions, what would, what would this look like if it was easier? How would this problem be different if I, if I was already good at the solution or, you know, whatever, however you want to phrase it. Um, the best way to start practicing is to pick the stressful or overwhelming situations that aren't to do with your bully at first, because your bully is one of your highest stressful situations. So pick some that are a little bit less stress. They might be more annoying or, um, but they might be more familiar. Like maybe pick your chores first. You might have a chore that you're annoyed you have to do. And it, it might be kind of fun to figure out the easiest way to do that chore or the, um, most basic way to do that chore. Um, or you could take like a homework assignment it might be a boring homework assignment that isn't difficult for you, but it's just something you have to take the time on. You might want to find the fastest way to get through it. You know, just and I know I advised you last time to move through, move through things more slowly, but this is more just a challenge to uh to make it easy. Sometimes you want to give yourself a challenge just to keep it interesting. So you might try to figure out the fastest way through the uh, boring homework assignment or the most, maybe there's a streamline way or kind of an assembly line way where you do all the problems that are similar at the same time and then you move to a a different kind of problem and do all those at the same time just to be thinking along the same lines for five problems in a row instead of going back and forth. You might be thinking of a way to get to sleep more easily or ready in the morning more easily so that you're ready for the day, less stressed to go to school. Whenever you face a new problem, apply the questions. You'll get into the habit of thinking in terms of ease and you'll rely on your inner knowing more than your mental chatter. And next time we'll break down that voice inside your head in more detail so you can understand why you want to move away from the mental chatter and uh, why it benefits you to go more into your inner knowing as you can step by step. And this is a great way to practice this is by asking yourself questions like, how would this look if it was easy? How would this look uh, if I had, if it was already solved, how would I have solved it? That kind of way to step back and, and look, reframe how you're looking at the problem so that the solution comes to you from a more calm place. Um, until next week, when we talk about the voice inside your head, I hope you have a great time and you get started practicing, uh, these kinds of questions to help you think things through in a more peaceful way. I will see you next time. Bye.